You're listening to The Community Pulse, a podcast about developer relations, community management, and all things tech advocacy. Let's see what our hosts are chatting about this episode. Welcome everyone to the next episode of our live community pulse where we get together and do a live conversation with with y'all in our community. Uh, we're really excited to be chatting with you today about one of our favorite topics is kind of our uh, varying diverse paths to DevRel. Um, so I'm super excited to chat with all of you, bring you all into our chat. Um, but first let's let uh, let let me share a little context about what we're gonna talk about today. So the journey to DevRel is indeed a winding one. We all have our own stories about how we wound up where we are, you know, from intentional plans to happy accidents. As hosts of this podcast, we've heard a lot. Uh, one thing is for sure though, y'all stories are really interesting and we wanna to get together and talk about those journeys, what we have in common in our journeys, uh, some of the funny anecdotes that have gotten us where we are today and what we can do to uplift the next generation of folks wanting to get started on this wild ride we call DevRel. Um, wanna thank you all for joining us. We encourage you to post your questions into YouTube or tag us on Twitter and we'll pull them right into the conversation. Um, but first, before we kick off and get into the nitty gritty, um, I wanna introduce our fellow hosts. We'll talk about kind of where we are now and then we'll have an opportunity to dig into those origin stories and get the conversation started. So Wesley, why don't you introduce yourself first? Hello all, I'm Wesley Faulkner, Wesley83 on Twitter. Um, I'm currently uh, the head of community for a company called Single Store. I've been there for about seven, eight months now. Um, my team and DevRel for the company is relatively new. I've been uh, the first in this new wave of reimagining DevRel for the company. And then we had, I think, a month after I started to developer advocates start. So the DevRel org is just three people right now. And uh, as I started, I was the de facto lead for the group. And so I have some understanding about leading a team uh, from, from my current experience. Um, and uh, I would say that this role has definitely been an evolution uh, in my DevRel journey. Uh, so from, from that's currently where I am. Pass it back to you, SJ. All right, um, no problem, I can do that. <laughs> uh, I have been in DevRel, let's see now. I'll have to do the math because time as we know it is not a concept that we understand anymore. What are we, 2022? Um, wow, I think it's been 11 years now since I've been officially doing DevRel, have DevRel in my title in some capacity. Um, I am currently at a MailChimp leading their DevRel initiatives and um, I'm looking forward to chatting more about kind of uh, how I got there. I'll step in here next. Uh, my name is Mary Thangval. You can find me on Twitter, Mary underscore Grace. And these days I am director of developer relations, which includes our community team, our advocacy team, uh, and our developer experience team at an open source company called Kamunda. Um, my team is spread all over the world, which leads to fun fun time zone conversations, but it's an awesome opportunity and I really love working in the space. 
And uh, hi, everyone. My name is Jason Hand, uh, at Jason Hand on Twitter. And uh, yeah, we, we've been chatting about this episode for a little bit and how we can get to uh, share a lot more of our stories of how we got here, where, you know, what, what we've done to get here, I guess, in the first place, and, and also learn from a little bit uh, from our audience. So those of us, those of you that are joining us on YouTube, we'd love to hear from you uh, on Twitter, too. We'll try to pay attention to anything that's going on over there. So yeah, if you got any questions, shoot them this way. Um, I think I won the toy costs on who's going to talk about how, uh, how how I got here, what my story's been like. Uh, I feel like uh, I definitely have some uniqueness, you know, as I talk to other people on the podcast and just people in the DevRel industry. industry uh, we all have fun and unique stories. And uh, I don't know, sometimes I don't think mine's all that fun, and, uh, but I think like, uh, like others does have a little bit of uniqueness. I started off in college, like not really having much of an interest in doing anything related to developer relations. I did not feel like a, a computer whiz or computer programmer at all. Uh, I uh, was just more of a generalist uh, when it came to subjects. I you know, kind of excelled in some business courses and, and things like that. So I, I tended to lean more towards that and went to school at Indiana University for uh, mostly just a, a business focus, but I did choose to go with uh, a, a curriculum that was, I would say, a little bit specifically focused on computer information systems, mostly just because I enjoyed being around computers and, and playing video games on them for the most part. And, uh, you know, through college, I never, again, never really thought of myself as a programmer. I had to do some required classes that that I did pick up some, some different languages. I learned Java, I remember, and uh, some really old stuff like Fortran and Pascal and things that people don't even like to talk about anymore. Um, so I was forced to like learn, I think the old school methods and, and mindset of, of software development and those types of things, which I'm sure helped me in the long run with being able to communicate technology and, and, and talk to developers, you know, kind of in a common shared language. Um, but after, after I left college, I went to work for the family business and I was, um, I, I would say, really planning on one day just sort of running the family business, which was nuts and bolts. It was fasteners. It had nothing to do with anything cool or software related, but I was in charge of like all the IT stuff. So I got to oversee like all of how uh, a small business, but still one that operated in many uh, locations around the U.S. and then even some in Mexico, like how to build that company and how to get them to talk to each other. So I learned a lot about networking and uh, you know, just it kind of expanded my my field of view on on just technology in general beyond what I learned in college at just the software type of things. And then uh, eventually, around when the economy was tanking, uh, the family business wasn't doing so well, and the writing on the wall was that it was going to uh, go up. So I started looking around and landed at a startup for the first time, and um, I took on all of their technical support. So pretty much all, all accounts, any problems ran through me when then there were, whenever there was a problem, which was a fast track to learning a lot of stuff regarding uh, open source and Linux and really, quite fr frankly, the cloud. Uh, this was a company called Standing Cloud. So like everything was cloud deployments and I uh, learned a, a ton of stuff very quickly. That company got acquired and then I left to join VictorOps, which is when uh, Mary and I uh, joined forces uh, and started this podcast. Uh, that was my first real, I would say, job at VictorOps. It was the develop. Uh, it was called the DevOps Evangelist, and uh, you know, it's in 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 sort of this space of advocacy and community building and all that kind of stuff. And that was the first time I've ever done a role like that. 
Um, and uh, it's just, you know, kind of funny how I, I never felt like there was anything leading me towards a job like that. I was just sort of hovering around IT with different general uh, skill sets and, you know, kind of a, a, an open mind to learn new things and try new things and push myself to, to challenge uh, new things. And that's what basically opened the door for the DevRel stuff is that I was willing to be flexible and, and try new things and, and be comfortable in that world, I think was a big skill that, that a lot of DevRel uh, contain, you know, when they're uh, trying to just be amazing at their job. Uh, and, and then I left uh, Victor Ops once they were acquired and, and landed where I'm currently at. And that's at Microsoft working on some really fun stuff uh, around streaming and uh, this new service they've got called Learn TV which is uh, just a free uh, part of a free learning tool online where we're, we're providing a ton of live and, and pre-recorded content and helping our DevRel organization in general just be able to connect with their audiences and their communities a lot better. So I've kind of pivoted away from being the person on stage and, and doing that kind of thing and actually working on the systems that help my colleagues be the people on stage and, and deliver that kind of stuff, which is to me fun. It's a new challenge, but still within DevRel and, um, you know, there's, it's a great big world in DevRel. So I'm not the only one who, who does things that aren't really public facing. They're not necessarily community management, but they are, you know, they're still a thing that gets done within the DevRel org. So it's kind of fun to have some exposure to a lot of that stuff. So uh, that is, that's the really quick version. And I feel like I've been talking forever already. So I'm going to hand it off uh, to who's up next? Uh, Wesley, are you going to go next to, to uh, share, share your Mary. path? Mary's going to go. I'll right, take Mary. it. I think we're going to kind of go in the order that we created the podcast, which is fun. Right. Um, so Jason, you mentioned it was when you were at Victor Ops that you kind of approached me and said, hey, I'd, I'd love to have some more of these conversations out loud, right? Let's start talking to other people who are doing this. At that point in time, we didn't know a lot of other people who were doing developer relations. We didn't have a lot of uh, people we could kind of rely on for those things. And so it was an opportunity for us to talk to folks and get to know people who were doing cool things in the space. Um, but I, I started out as a journalism major. Um, I had wanted to be a journalist since I was young and like used to create a, a neighborhood newsletter and all of these things to, you know, get the word out there about what was happening. Um, but when I was in college was when blogs started taking off and the internet started being the place where people went for more news. And so by the time I graduated, uh, a lot of newspapers were laying off their staff. And so um, I started looking for other internships, other opportunities um, the year before my senior year of college and uh, lived in the area where O'Reilly Media was based uh, in Northern California. And so wound up with an internship in their public relations department, which gave me an opportunity to still write and uh, kind of write journalist types of things uh, to a certain extent. And I really just applied what I had learned in my journalism courses and my communications courses and dug into, you know, hey, what is this topic? What does this mean? What is Drupal? How does that relate to other programming languages? What is Python? What does that mean? How does it work? When we talk about the good parts of, of this programming language, what does that mean? And so really just digging into what are these topics and, and why do people care about them? Um, prior to that, I hadn't been 
uh, super tech focused. Um, the closest I had gotten to tech was when I was in high school and I wanted to publish some poetry online and got annoyed with Yahoo's plug and play software to build websites. And so my dad pointed me in the direction of an HTML tutorial and I built my own website, um, but really hadn't been driven in the, in the area of tech in any way. Um, but in learning more about the books that we were publishing and the conference talks that we were promoting, um, I started to figure out, you know, hey, these are things that people really care about and they're topics that we need to understand better as a company so that we know what's coming up next, what people are, are relating to, what they want to know more about. Um, and so I started talking to community members who were reading these books, who were um, reviewing the books for us, who were speaking at our conferences, attending our conferences to get a better understanding for what do people actually care about? Uh, what, you know, is the content that we're producing actually resonating with them? Yes or no. And the more that I did that, the more that I realized that's the side of journalism that I really liked was telling people stories. It was getting to know people. It was making sure that people's needs were being met through the content we were producing. Um, and that kind of led me into community management, um, kind of sideways and by mistake, uh, only because I didn't know that it was community management until I started talking to a couple other folks um, Nathan Harvey was one of them, uh, about like, Hey, here's, here's what I want to be doing. And he was like, you're, you're doing, you're doing community management. That's the thing. <laughs> you should do that thing. Um, so I started doing community management at O'Reilly was there for a couple years, went to a variety of different companies, worked with and for Nathan for a while. Um, and throughout that time of working for different companies started to realize everybody's asking the same questions. No one really has these resources. Developer relations is a, a bigger thing than people realize it is. Um, and so I actually wound up taking a couple years to be a consultant, um, started my own business, partially because I had companies coming to me and saying, hey, how do we do this better? Um, partially because the more uh, dinners I went to or meetups I went to or things in San Francisco, the more people the more conversations I wound up in where people were saying, hey, talk to us more about how this works. And what do you mean this isn't the right way to approach developers and things like that? So I realized there was an opportunity there, not only for resources, but for me to, to start working with a variety of companies. Um, one of those companies that I started working with was actually Kamunda, which is where I am now. Um, I had no intention of going back to work full time. And we had many conversations about how I had no intention of going back to work for another company full time. Um, but the way that they were approaching developer relations, the emphasis on community that they had with their products helped me understand that that was truly the foundation of what they were building their business on, which is a huge part of what a lot of companies lack when they're getting things started. Um, and so it turned into an awesome opportunity and I've now been there for two years, um, continuing to, to create resources and things where I can and where I have time to, but it's, it's been a a good journey, not at all one that I would have expected uh, when I started out my college career or when I was little, but it's been it's been a lot of fun. Um, and I know if those of you who are watching, uh, we'd love to hear from you as well. So feel free to leave comments on YouTube. Feel free to chat us up on Twitter, wherever you happen to be watching from. Um, if you have something you want to add or a question you want to ask us. 
And with that, I'll hand it off to SJ because she, of the four of us who are here today, uh, was the next one to join our podcast team because PJ is not able to join us today. Yeah, I, and I'm so glad I got to join this awesome team and we miss you, PJ. Um, one thing that I feel very lucky I got to hear both of y'all's stories first because um, it's an opportunity for me to start to pick up on some trends that I think that will not only resonate with this group of us, but as well as our listeners, hopefully, and folks watching on YouTube. Um, a couple of those things is like, I think we all kind of had a moment at a startup where it was like, okay, you have this opportunity to um, to find this thing that really doesn't have much of a name yet, possibly. <laughs> you know, we're all kind of like, we've all been around, you know, the block for a little while. Um, and so that's interesting, that sort of like collective moment at startups that for many of us kind of uh, pinpoints the moment where um, this turned into kind of the reality of our career. Um, and then some of the other things I kind of noticed was like, you know, and I think that we can pull some threads on later, possibly with some of our, our listeners, are the sort of current events that play a role in the background of us pivoting over to these roles. Like Jason, you mentioned your family business went under. Um, and Mary, you mentioned, you know, journalism jobs were kind of dropping off. It's kind of interesting to think about, like, um, what are the factors at play today? And there are many that could influence someone's uh, journey to, to DevRel. So I'll, I'll try to kind of, um, I have a tendency to uh, go very long when I tell this story. <laughs> um, so I'm going to try to synthesize it as best I can. Um, I really loved, Mary, when you mentioned uh, that you used to do like a neighborhood newsletter. Um, I used to do one for my family for like upcoming events that were going on with the family. It was all on print shop with like dot matrix style, um, you know, beautiful paper and graphics. And, you know, I was, oh, really, yeah. you know, I hear just, the whole thing <laughs> I was very proud of myself. So, but that was a signal to me that something, you know, about sharing news and connecting people, even if it was just my, you know, nuclear family unit unit was was something that was going to, you know, stick around for the future. So fast forward from, you know, my newsletter posting on the fridge days. Um, I was uh, one of those folks who like, you know, like I think many people can relate to went into university without, you know, a super clear idea of what I wanted to do with my life. Um, just figured, you know, hey, I've always enjoyed like um, understanding culture and literature. And so I did cultural studies at McGill University, which was a part of the English program at the time. Um, graduated from university, still having absolutely no idea what to do with myself. I'm like, all right, great. Let me take this cultural studies degree and do nothing with it. <laughs> um, and so I kind of like, you know, had a few years after university where I worked a bunch of retail jobs and I wasn't quite sure what to do with myself. But then I started to um, take a, you know, in, in my teenage years, I too had been a poet um, and wrote a bunch of poetry. And so I started to take up my hand at writing again. Um, and I figured I'm like, okay, I enjoy writing. Maybe I can, you know, start doing some like copywriting for some companies or um, possibly some editing. And so I fell into, I actually posted, uh, made, a, made an initial website in like the year, Oh, like 2003 or 2004. Um, that was kind of like an on, I guess, a pre-LinkedIn thing. Um, see, I feel, I feel myself telling the long version, but I'm going to try to fast forward. Um, <laughs> so basically what happened was I was editing. I was actually doing some like French to English translation because I grew up in Montreal. Um, and um, then I just sort of like fell into this opportunity of working the first sort of internet-based role I had was at a um, an affiliate marketing company. 
So that was a very interesting journey. Um, not something I would recommend in retrospect because the affiliate marketing uh, company I worked for was, um, their focus was gambling. And so essentially our company would make money when folks would lose money that we referred to websites. It was actually quite depressing. Like, you know, our affiliates that we were working with would be like, yes, I just made all this money. Is this because someone just lost a bunch of money that you referred to on some online casino? So yeah, that was a little soul sucking, but um, I was dealing with a, you know, community of webmasters. We were on forums all day, like PHP, BB, like old school. Um, at the, when I look back now, I, I was absolutely doing community management when I was at that job. Um, didn't have a name yet, but I, I certainly was doing that. And I was doing a lot of sort of DevRel type work, you know, creating newsletters, um, you know, rep like advocating for our affiliates back to the company, getting them what they needed on the product roadmap. And, um, but eventually, you know, I couldn't sustain, um, you know, our success being uh, tied to gambling addiction. So I moved on to um, a company called iPerceptions where um, we did a customer, it was all about customer uh, satisfaction analytics, so CSAT. Um, and at that company, we launched a small product called Terrible Name in retrospect. Like, I'm so sorry, folks, that I used to work with at iPerceptions, but 4Q was the name of the, the uh, little mini survey of four questions. And that's when the title community manager started to be like, started percolating around the industry in like 2007, 2008. And so we we're like, hey, Esther, we're going to call you the 4Q community manager. And I'm like, oh, cool. That sounds great. Um, so that was also another, another sort of journey in working with webmasters, making sure they could implement it onto their site. I mean, it was just a little, little, a little bit of snippet of JavaScript, but it was, it was something. Um, fast forward a couple of other roles. I moved into more of an SEO world, an agency world for a while that was very, not necessarily related to DevRel, but did sort of complement my overall, um, skill set there. Um, but I was kind of like, you know, I'd done my, like a, for those, of, if the, we have any listeners in Montreal who are English speaking and work in the internet industry, there's like five companies you can work for in Montreal when you speak primarily English and you want to do anything online related. I'm not sure what the case is now in the year 2022, but it's probably still true to some extent. Um, so I was like a little fed up. I'd worked at basically all of them and I didn't know what to do with myself. Um, a, a, a boss that I'd had and another company um, recommended me for this tiny startup in Montreal of all places that was launching an API product. Uh, they were called Context.io. And um, this was sort of the moment, the pivotal moment for me. Um, I met with the founders. It was the founder and one engineer and myself. And they were like, you know what? Like, I had just learned what an API was maybe like through Google Analytics. Like I barely knew what an API was, but they're like, you know, this, we, we like you, we're gonna take our chance on you. And like, if they hadn't done that, that was the pivotal moment for me. Uh, so thank you so much to to Bruno for, to Bruno Maranci for taking a chance on me at Context.io. And um, fast forward a little bit more, that was the moment, like 2011, I just still, I feel, still feel with all my whole heart of hearts that this is true, that like, I did a little research and found some awesome folks people like Tim Falls, who was at, the, at that time leading community at SendGrid. Um, I remember talking to Danielle Morrill, who was at Twilio, doing amazing marketing for them, and just like reaching out to them and, and then being like, damn, yeah, I'm super happy to get on a call with you and like share my knowledge for, for no real like, benefit. It's just like, 
the folks in DevRel love to, you know, collaborate and share. And I feel like that's still fundamentally true, like, like we're trying to do now in this podcast. Um, so fast forward, that opportunity just unlocked a lot of things for me. I was able to move to San Francisco, work at a company called Mashery. Um, and then I moved over to Keen.io where I actually got to work with Tim. And I actually remember being in the Keen.io offices one day and Mary coming in and introducing myself to Mary. And I think you were interviewing Tim for Community Pulse. Um, so it's just funny how things come full circle. Um, fast forward, I've worked at some great companies, um, Shopify, HubSpot, um, now I'm at MailChimp, kind of defining their DevRel org. Um, and I don't know, lots of happy accidents along the way, but I think a lot of similarities that we all share. And I have no idea how long I just talked. I'm sorry if that was like excessively long. It was perfect. <laughs> no, that was great. And I think that's the end of the show, folks. Yeah, bye. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> I'm joking. Oh, I, I guess I'm next. I joined right after SJ. Um, but uh, I just want to make a note that we have some questions in the chat um, and we'll get to those as soon as I wrap up my story and I'll try not to take too long. Um, I think I have like more jobs than everyone on this podcast combined. Um, so I will only talk about the transitions. Um, but a lot of a lot of y'all started off with college. So I'll start there. Um, I don't know how many of you know this or just if it's general knowledge that I'm a first generation American. And so going to college was like a big deal because we don't have like a large history of going to college or what to do there. And I also, we grew up like really lacking money. Uh, and so college seemed like really hard um, financially. Um, and we didn't have a computer in our house, uh, didn't use a computer uh, going through high school. Uh, and so, um, but I love sci-fi. I watched a lot of sci-fi. And so I wanted to get into computer engineering. So I went to college, majored in electrical computer engineering. Um, and if it wasn't for my roommate, thanks, Chris, uh, I used his computer in, in our dorm room uh, to actually start tinkering and playing around with computers for the first time, actually being a major in computer in electrical and computer engineering. Um, I did okay in school. I wasn't the best, especially in uh, places or or, or, or uh, classes that I had to write a lot. Um, and my freshman year, actually, of college is when I got formally diagnosed as um, have, being dyslexic and having dyslexia. And I think the next semester, I got dis uh, diagnosed with ADHD. Um, it was an interesting uh, first year of college. Uh, so in order to support myself to go to school, um, I, I actually did a, a co-op where you take a semester just to work formally. And I worked for a microchip company, um, during my time off, I would save all my money during that semester and then use it to, uh, finance my tuition, rent and, and food. Um, and then I get into a little bit of credit card debt and then <laughs> do it all again. And then the credit card get debt kept growing as I did this. And then I think my last year of my co-op, um, uh, well, actually my second year of my co-op where I was supposed to come back, they, the company got acquired by a larger company and they didn't ask back anybody who wasn't a full-time employee. So, um, so at the end of the next semester, I was going to figure it out before I, uh, and then find a job and figure out how I was going to do it financially. And then I got to the breaking point where like my credit cards were maxed out. Um, tuition was due. 
uh, I couldn't continue on. Uh, well, I could choose to go to school or eat, um, and I chose to go to to, to eat. And um, so I dropped out of school and then started working at Dell. Um, and then uh, I loved it. That's where I got addicted to working on computers, troubleshooting, understanding um, from people yelling at me their actual problems, and then um, trying to make sure that I, I consoled them and make sure that they could walk them through of how to actually walk through how to fix their system in a compassionate, caring way. Um, and then I that graduated from um, work, that was um, education and government computers that I worked on only. Um, then I worked, then I moved to laptops and then I moved over to servers. Um, then I eventually moved over to um, high-end storage arrays, uh, more complicated, uh, more mission critical. And actually my last role at Dell was to actually fly on site to critical systems that have been down and physically go there and fix them. And so very high pressure, uh, almost like having a red phone. If you picked it up and called Dell, they would send me to do that. So NASDAQ, Boeing, all these higher end companies that really need their system up and work, uh, working. Um, that's what I would fix. Uh, I did that for about a year and a half. I was on a plane um, two, three times a week, flying to places without notice, uh, really screwed up my life. Uh, and so I switched career, careers then. And so I left Dell and I worked for AMD for, um, so I was at Dell for six years and I was at, and then I switched to AMD as a product development engineer. Use my empathy for understanding how hard things were to use uh, and help internally with launching uh, a consumer facing product uh, that really focused on the user experience. And so, did that for a while, uh, but even then, I I was really lacking in like my uh, like the socialization of the job. Like being behind a computer all the time was really hard, and so that's uh, when um, I got into social, doing social media marketing and management on my spare during my spare time, and then eventually did that full time. And I did that for about a decade. I'm like glossing through this for a, a, a big chunk of my career here. And then um, I was at AMD for five and a half years since we're keeping track of time. Uh, and then um, a friend of mine who was launching DevRel at IBM approached me and says, I know you have a technical background. I also know that you have a marketing background. I think you'd be great for this thing called DevRel. Uh, and I said, yeah, sure. I didn't, I didn't really know anything about it. I read up about what they're trying to do. I was like, oh, oh, I love developers. I love technology. Every role that I had, um, even in social media, was for a company that was doing technology. And so I sat next to the developers. I would learn about their uh, timelines and uh, their problems. I, I went to their demo days. I loved working with them really close so that I can communicate that on the social side and be able to talk to a nuanced audience like developers doing social media in a way that most marketers at that time really didn't really care about. Um, and so I, I wanted to move towards more of my technical roots. And so I did DevRel for IBM for a bit. Uh, and then I went to my first DevRelCon where I met SJ, supposedly. Uh, and <laughs> and that's that feeling of where like, this is my tribe, these are my people. And I really fell in love with developer relations and um, use 
a lot of my community stuff from doing social and social community and uh, the, the evangelist stuff. Cause I was used to doing public speaking during social media. And so I did that as an evangelist or advocate for a while, depending on what you call it, the company and organization. And so I, I fell in love with developer relations and I've always been really focused on how things run from a, uh, priorities and um, uh, basically like what is what is the heart and soul and what is the the guiding light that makes this thing work so not just the the technical like nuts and bolts but also the spirit and the the aura of what I'm doing to make sure that uh, it's not just the word you know the word in the book but more of the feeling that you give people when you do the thing that you do and so that's where I got involved in Community Pulse and other types of places where people in DevRel hang out and just love soaking that up and then getting it inside of me and then try to spread that message to evangelize DevRel as um, not what it is now, but where I see it going and what it should be and try to impart some of my uh, knowledge of justice in, in DevRel. Okay. I love that so much because I think there's so many patterns there that we see between all of us. SJ, you mentioned a couple of them earlier. We saw a couple comments in the chat. Uh, PJ Metz, you, you changed majors multiple times. I didn't officially change majors, but I kind of went, oh, I'm focusing here. Oh, I'm focusing here. Uh, no, I'm doing this. Okay, let's go. Uh, and even for folks who didn't change majors in college, so many of us have had different titles, different roles, different responsibilities along the way. And I think, like you said, Wesley, there's a lot of it that we might not have known what to call it, but when you see other people doing it, you go, oh, wait, this is what I do. This is what I love. This is what I'm passionate about. And it kind of all comes together. And I remember several different conversations very early on, meeting different people at conferences and saying, oh, hey, what's your role? What do you do? And there were a couple of times in particular when someone would start talking and they just like... I get so excited because it was instantly a like, wait, you do what I do. Hang on. Don't leave. We have to talk more. Um, I actually, I've met a number of people that way. And one of my favorite stories is uh, how I met Amy Hermes, which some of you might be familiar with in the community management space. But I was listening to a podcast episode where she was a guest on uh, Matt Broberg's podcast. And as I'm walking around New York, I can remember the neighborhoods that I was walking through listening to this podcast. I was internally freaking out going like, this is the first time I've ever heard someone explain exactly what I do better than I ever could. And I DM'd her on Twitter. and was like, I know you don't know me. I know this is weird. I know I probably shouldn't be fangirling, but like, I need to meet you. And I need to thank you for doing this podcast episode because I finally feel like I know someone who's doing what I'm doing. And she's a fantastic friend of mine to this day. And it's just, I think there's so much of it that is, continues to be hard to put into words. But when we see other people doing it, we know that that's what we're doing. And kind of starting to see that value is, is huge. Um, I know we've got a couple other questions coming in more around what is a community? How do you start working with a community? Things like that. Hi, Uwe, by the way. Um, and so I think we'll we'll follow up on some of those separately. Uh, but I just I've really enjoyed kind of 
hearing hearing all of our stories. Uh, I knew some of the things that we shared about, but not all of them. So it's cool to come together and and hear about that. Um, and I know we'd love to love to talk to more of you in the future um, about how you got into DevRel and what that path has looked like. But I think a lot of why we wanted to do this episode today was to make it clear that there isn't a straightforward path. And if you're someone who is kind of going, oh, I, I want to do this, but I'm not really sure what that looks like and how do I get involved and how do I get started? You just kind of start doing the things and reaching out to people. Esther, you mentioned earlier, you know, almost everyone in the in the DevRel industry is incredibly willing to get on a call. Um, I know I have a, a like sign up to chat with me, Calendly link. Um, I know other people on this call do as well. And so just reach out to us. We're happy to chat, happy to help however we can. Um, and a lot of it honestly is just start playing around with things, start trying things. Um, like PJ just said, you know, there's not anyone in DevRel with a straightforward path. And so figuring out kind of how do you get here? What's your path to get here? Um, is part of the journey and we love to hear more. And I know if, uh, if our PJ was here, he, he has a fun story of his trajectory too. So we'll have to hear from him in a future episode when he's around, but, but yeah, I, I love, you know, reminiscing a little bit and just seeing, you know, it, I've now hung out with Mary now for over five years doing this, right? We decided this, this past year was our fifth anniversary. I think so. Yeah. And it's been awesome and we've been growing. Now we've got, you know, we've got even larger, uh, you know, voices on here and, and uh, yeah, with SJ and Wesley, of course, joining us. And of course, PJ joined, but, you know, he's been with us for a little while already. Uh, PJ's just sitting in a hot tub with Jeremy Mice somewhere right now. That's uh, the last he? I saw from him on Twitter. Better be, so better be you too can live the good mm -hmm. life if you do DevRel. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes. Sometimes we, sometimes I thought I had a good life, but then COVID for, for sure changed I kid. all of our, all of our jobs. I feel like it turned everybody's role upside down immediately when we couldn't travel, we couldn't get in touch in person anymore. So I think, but that's, I think just, that's also, if I can interrupt for a second, yeah. sorry, I think that's also opened up the door for other folks, right. Who haven't been as interested in speaking on stage or haven't been as interested in the travel or don't want to be on the road because of family, because they're more of an introvert, because of whatever reasons, maybe they just don't enjoy traveling. So I think it's it's definitely changed our roles for a number of us, but I think it's also opened things up for people who haven't felt like they can do this, right? Jason, your job is far more behind the scenes these days, but there's a need for that, right? I've got a program manager on my team who I literally don't know how I would do my job without her. And she's not on stage. Mm -hmm. She's not often publishing blog posts. She's not often the public face of the company. But if Danielle ever leaves my team, there's, I, I, I will struggle. <laughs> my team will struggle yeah. because she's such an integral part to what we do and does so much behind the scenes for our community. So I think there's a lot. I gotta of say, plus one to Danielle. Yes, I've worked with her as well. She's fantastic. amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I definitely. I mean, I still get the you know the privilege of being on screen and doing some content stuff. But um, nowadays, I find myself like doing you know creating tutorials and doing the same type of work I used to do, where I'm teaching people how to do stuff. But now I'm teaching the folks inside DevRel. I'm teaching like I used to be a DevOps evangelist, and it was more about the theories of DevOps and you know just like the, the, the not the CI/CD part of of DevOps. And uh, now like people come to me 
on our team because of the tool Azure DevOps. Like we use that as a way to track a lot of our work, a lot of our content, all of our events is all managed through that. And I've had, um, uh, you know, the privilege to be on the team that's that's really configured all that, set that all up and kind of paved the path and, and you know, made life easier for others to who were like me, I guess I was the original user. I was like, man, this sucks to try to do it this way. Why don't I try to make it better so that everybody else doesn't have to have go through the same pain. And that's been like my new role, but it's still DevRel, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm just not as active on Twitter. I'm not as, uh, you know, as active in obviously traveling and being on stage, but it's important work and I love it. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a transition and a change and just another part of that, you know, my story, uh, if, if I ever leave DevRel or move on, like, you know, it's just all part of the evolution, I feel like. And, and, and this part of the timeline, unfortunately, as COVID has been so bad, like it's definitely been a forcing function for a lot of us to uh, still do what we love, but adapt to our environment and still and still pull it off. You know, I think the DevRel, we'll just say industry in general, is seems to be some somewhat thriving you know there's jobs out there and people are um so many jobs yeah so, so many, many jobs, jobs. <laughs> yeah i think uh there's a question in our chat about that specific thing um about where with all the opportunity and jobs do we need some sort of formal structure about where this is going um and uh i i think there's so much money in this now like both on the salary side but the investment from the VC side to the the people who are trying to clamor to get into uh, this new thing called DevRel, that it's going to have to be some sort of formalization or there's going to be, maybe it will be one of the things like what a CS degree is right now. There's some formalization and there's some self-taught and there's a mixture of both. Some feel that some programs are good. Some feel that pro some programs are bad. And it's sometimes it's what you put into it and what's what you make of it. So I think it's going to be a mixture, but it's going to be one of those things. There's so much money that there is going to be some way there's, there couldn't be, there's going to be some person or entity that's going to try to put their arms around it to formalize it in a way that looks good to them or they think it's going to be valuable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's starting to happen in certain places in certain organizations and certain universities. Uh, one of my, team members now, Luca, graduated with a master's in community building, which was not a thing, right? When I heard that that's what she was graduating with, I kind of went, wait, what? That's that's real? Okay, this is awesome. Um, but I think, you know, there's a lot of opportunities, especially for, you know, uh, universities that are geared toward continuing, continuing education uh, for adults wanting to take classes at night while they're working, things like that for, you know, here's what developer relations is. Here's some of the opportunities that are out there. Here's how to get started. Right. And it's, we've talked about this a lot, but developer relations at different companies means different things, but giving some of that foundational knowledge of, of here's what you need. Here's what you should look for. Here's things to try, I think is huge. And I've seen a couple online resources that are starting to come out around that as well. Um, but I agree, Wesley, I think there's a huge gap there and a definite opportunity for someone who has the time and mental energy to put some of that together. <laughs> I mean, shout out to you, Mary. Um, you know, I know that you're one of the hosts and we're not going to be biased, but you've put together so many of these incredible resources, um, including your website, DevRel. Please tell me what the uh, actual URL is, but it's devrelresource.es, <laughs> right? Yes. Re yeah. Resources yeah. plural, but the the es but part of yes, it yes, is where the period is. is. Yes, yeah. exactly. It, it, that 
is, is gathering a lot of things like um, Taylor Barnett put together a um, what's it called? Devrel uh, stepladder, which is I think like I'm getting it wrong. In any case, what I'm trying to say is there's a lot of folks pooling together a lot of career path ideas right now, ideating, sharing. And I think because of the nature of the fact that we want to share with each other and elevate others as they're coming up, um, you know, now that I've seen this industry evolve over 10 years, it's still a little bit of a wild west world. But folks like, you know, all of the folks that are participating in this conversation, when we have these meta conversations about DevRel, we are helping to like uh, create resources for folks to self-identify and be like, this is a thing that works for me. How can I get more involved? Um, and I think with that, like, we'll probably uh, at a good point where we can uh, wrap things up. If there's any anything else that our hosts like to share, any comments coming uh, coming in, um, I'll I'll sort of leave it open for you know a couple more seconds, and maybe Jason, you can. Yeah, well, you know, I want to just real quick. There was one great question that came up in, uh, from our audience. Uh, let me put this on the screen here if we can get it. Um, talking about we were, we were talking about how we've all come from different places. You know, we've had different educational backgrounds, and you know, some of us have have seen some commonality of going through the startup world. But um, there's clearly not like a curriculum for DevRel. There's not a there's not a here's how you do it. There's lots of great resources. Uh, you know, we've provided some, Mary's got a, that great book out there, but there, and, and people are starting to consolidate them and make them so you can just, you know, go someplace and find everything that's good out there. But you still don't address the question of like, what about in, in the college curriculums or just in higher education or even, you know, starting off in, in primary schools and in high school and stuff. Like if this is a thing that you already show an interest in, why not start with teaching some of the basics there? And, you know, it would make sense for like me to say, learn computer science, learn some programming language. But I don't know that that's really that that important. I don't think that that's the first place you start. I think it's it's being part of like clubs and being part of like groups and, and already identifying the communities you're in and like learning how those socio-technical blobs of people actually get along and, and, and work with each other because that's what it ends up coming down to. Like maybe we can talk to syntax Maybe we can talk to like, you know, infrastructure. Maybe we can speak some of that language. But when it comes to the real heart of DevRel and community management and advocacy and evangelism and all those all those words that are fun to put on our business cards if we still have them, um, they aren't uh, anything without that that sort of like core of wanting to help people. You know, just helping people. And I think that's that's the. To me, I look back, I was recently looking back at some old like videotapes. I was, af I was afraid of losing. So I've been digitizing and I'm like, man, I, I was demonstrating some of these same things like in basketball, you know, as like a captain of the team. And uh, it, it just, I don't know, like it, you start to recognize some of the commonality things in your own personal being as you've grown up and you've li lived this great life and story and all these great stories. And you start to see that common thread of I just like being around helping people. Uh, teaching things and and um, you know doing what I can to help them be like a better version of themselves, and I feel like that's a that's something I've noticed from all of our stories. And and uh, I know we're we're running low on time here, so I'm gonna say thank you everybody for uh, being here and sharing your story. Uh, thank you, S.J. Wesley, Mary, uh, miss you, P.J. Sorry you couldn't be here. Thank you to those who joined us in the chat. I'm um, sorry we couldn't get to everybody. Uh, we'll we'll keep doing these, of course, and and we hope to hear from you again on the next one. And uh, with that, I think I'll say goodbye and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much. This has been another episode of the Community Pulse. Bye.
This has been Community Pulse. Learn more at communitypulse.io and on Twitter at community underscore pulse. Your hosts are Mary Thingball, Mary underscore Grace on Twitter, Jason Hand, Jason Hand on Twitter, PJ Haggerty, Asplenic on Twitter, SJ Morris, Sarah Jane Morris on Twitter, and Wesley Faulkner, Wesley83 on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.